0: Hey everybody, it's Keith here, Keith Billis, and I'm live in the lab, bringing us in with some yoga music today. You're thinking yoga music? Ah, there must be a hint here in the Business Athlete Performance Lab. There's always a hint. We're always bringing the tunes in to give you a hint of what's coming up next. Well, what's coming up next, you're wondering. I can tell you what's coming up next. Dr. Lin. No, not Dr. Phil. No, no, I didn't say Dr. Phil. I said Dr. Lin. So if you're sitting here wondering, Oh, but I was expecting Dr. Phil. Now we got Dr. Lin, we're even better than Dr. Phil. Let's get Dr. Phil out of the room. He's done. He's like, he's so 80s, 90s, 70s. Wait a minute. That's kind of the era. I grew up in Dr. Lynn, naturopath, yoga, nutritional therapist, karma master, published author of two book series, international speaker and teacher. Have I hooked you yet? Dr. Lynn? TV DVD producer over 30 years experience in the holistic field, of health and fitness. And you know, we're drinking that Kool-Aid here in the Business Athlete Performance Lab. You know, we're always drinking the Kool-Aid of health and fitness and wellness and all that. So excited to bring in Dr. Lynn today. Dr. Lynn Anderson out of Florida. Did a little pre-show chat with her. Shit, it's cold there. Yeah, I also told her I was in Canada. Cold here too. So... Coming up in a few moments, Dr. Lin, but before we get into that, we know that we always like to talk about what's coming up around the corner and uh, you know, it's around the corner is January 1st, January 1st. Yeah. It's like just over there, over, 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 just over there. Typically people write down their resolutions. You know how I feel about resolutions. They come and they go. They just fly out the window. You write them down. They're done in 10 days. You're lucky if you make 12. Sometimes you make 30, then you're after, you know, it's, it's February. Yeah. And and it generally, in my experience, if you're making a resolution, by the time you get to next Thanksgiving, it's already out the window. So stop the idea of a resolution. Resolutions are fleeting. You know what I would encourage you, or maybe you might want to think about? How about a transformation experience? Yeah, I'm just looking at the camera over there, my my stream over there to make sure everything's looking fine. And I think everyone's looking fine. So why don't you consider thinking about a transformation experience offered here in the Business Athlete Performance Lab? We're taking 10 people. We're starting January first. We're going till December thirty first. Three hundred and sixty five days. We're going to invite you into our team, a team of spending time together. We're going to spend time focusing on a sustainable life. You're thinking sustainable life, but Keith, I have a sustainable life. Okay, are you stuck? Maybe you're stuck. Maybe you're going through something in your life. Maybe you're privately wanting to do something, but you just don't know how. Maybe your peer group isn't allowing you. Maybe you're like, I'm tired of drinking. Okay. Tired of feeling like I have to go drinking with the guys. Okay. Perhaps we can offer you a different option. You don't have to quit and become sober, but maybe we can give you another option. That option could be hanging out with us in the lab, the League of Business Athletes, 10 guys, 10 people, not 10 guys, but 10 people, 10 people that are wanting to go through an experience in unity, an experience that, that takes nutrition to the front that takes wellness to the front, that takes strength training to the front, that takes mental awareness, emotional awareness, that holistic being to the front of yourself, putting it first to help you sustain and achieve your business goals, your athletic goals, because they go one hand in hand, you're not going to have any success in business if you're not going to take care of yourself first. So if you sit here and go, I don't have time to take care of myself. Well, we haven't talked. You haven't weaved AI into your life to save yourself an hour. Nobody can say to me, well, Keith, I don't have 30 minutes. I don't have 45 minutes. I don't have 60 minutes to take care of myself. No, you have. You just haven't discovered chat GPT. And not just one sentence prompts. Pause, slow down, learn how to use the tools to save yourself 30, 45, 60 minutes a day and put it back into yourself. Not your employer, put it back into yourself. Yeah, you heard me right. Put it back into yourself. So you'll always have time to take care of yourself. That's what we do here in the lab. So next year, 365 days, we're going to take care of ourselves for 365 days together. So just imagine 12 months from now, next October, what we will have achieved. Because by the way, we're going to meet in three different retreats to accomplish something. What are we going to accomplish? We're going to walk up to the top of Mount Baru, Volcan Baru in Panama. We're going to see the Pacific Ocean over there. We're going to see the Atlantic Ocean over there. The only place in the world you can see them at one time. And then we're going to make our way back to to our lives and build a sustainable new life. We're going to stretch together. We're going to... Keep ourselves accountable together throughout the year so that we're just moving forward. Always moving forward. We're then going to meet in the Azores. I wonder if Dr. Lynn's been to the Azores. Hmm, I'll have to ask her. We're going to meet in the Azores in, in, in June. Middle of June, we're going to climb Mount Pico, sleep under the stars. I'll share a picture so you can see what that looks like. I did it last year. It is a spectacular experience. It's an overnight experience. But we're not done. We're going to make our way to Kilimanjaro in September. We're going to climb to the top of Kilimanjaro. We are going to climb to the top. All of us, there's going to be no hesitation or doubt. We will make it to the top Kilimanjaro. More importantly, we'll make it to the bottom. Most people think climbing a mountain is one way. Well, it's both ways. You got to get to the top and to the bottom. So we will go back, keep our sustainable lives together, support each other as we work our way through 2024 to wrap up at our final retreat. I said three. (laughs) I didn't tell you about the last one, the fourth one. We're not going to climb mountains. We're going to go spend time with the animals and the wonderful human beings in Kenya. We're going to go on a couple of safaris during the day, some safaris at night, go spend time with the lions, go spend time with the rhinoceroses, with the hippos, with the giraffes, with the elephants in a magical place in Kenya, and then finish the year in Lamu, Kenya, on the beaches of Shayla beach, where you will spend time with some of the most magnificent human beings, no cars, just donkeys, but you will spend time with some of the most magnificent human beings you'll ever meet. So that's transformation 24. I'll ask Dr. Lynn about it. Transformation 24 coming up next year. uh, Sign up, come knock on my door, drop me a message if you're interested, if you're curious. We have people applying, talking to us right now. So you don't want to miss out. Limited space available, only 10 spots available. Transformation 24. I think it's enough for me though. I think uh, we're going to flip the script to uh, Dr. Lynn Anderson, bring her into the room. We're going to talk about naturopath yoga and so forth. So How about this? Do you want to reinvent how and what you eat so you can manage your weight, improve your sleep, reduce anxiety, depression, address burnout and stress, have more vital energy? As you're aging, 50-year-old guy here, as you're aging, you need to take care of the the longevity. You know, have more vital energy and take a proactive approach to aging. Western medicine, and we've just been trained to be so reactive, haven't we? Right. You know, talking with my parents as my mom's been going through an experience, I'm just trying to coach her and teach her that it's not about reactive. We got to be proactive. Right. So anyways, why don't we flip over to Dr. Lynn Anderson and bring her into the lab? So I'm going to navigate the experience here. I'm going to go to this. And there is Dr. Lynn Anderson. Welcome to the Business Athlete Performance Lab, Dr. Lynn.
1: Well, thank you very much. I loved your intro and I love where you guys are going because I'm a world traveler, so I love the idea. Wonderful.
0: Maybe you'll be a part of it.
1: With 10 guys. Hey, I'm up for it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> hey, we're, we're, we're inviting, we're inviting anybody to the experience, Dr. Lynn, but uh, yeah, perhaps well, or, or, or maybe we involve, or, or here's a collaborative experience from one rapper to another rapper, because you know how rappers invite each other onto their albums and do guest spots. Well, from one rapper to another, maybe we invite Dr. Lynn Anderson, the rapper over and we do some, uh, we do some collab and we invite you into the lab and you can talk to the, the people on this experience about the things that you teach. So why don't we talk about the things that you teach? Because clearly you are a business athlete. When I read your bio, I read your experiences in life, you are absolutely a business athlete. You are an athlete first. You take care of yourself as a human, and you've wrapped your business around that. So, Dr. Lynn, talk about being a business athlete, and what does that mean to you?
1: Well, well, you know, my background, I'm a naturopathic doctor. And as a naturopath, our philosophy is prevention over cure and that you are body, mind, and spirit, soul. And all of those need to be balanced to have perfect health. And that's where we kind of fall down in Western medicine because we treat the body by by one practitioner and the mind by another and the soul by another. And a naturopath please, you need to bring those all together and balance them out. And so with that philosophy, that's how I live my life. And as I live my life is how I teach my students because you got to walk your talk in this world. Right?
0: Absolutely. Dr. Lynn, what
1: do you say to people
0: who poo, naturopaths and not a, oh, you're not a real doctor, Dr. Lynn, you're not a Western doctor. You don't deserve those initials. What do you say to those people?
1: Well, I go back almost 40 years beginning as a naturopath and I've been called a quack, a witch, I can go on with all of the names that I've been called. And the interesting thing is back then there when I was studying, we were studying the science of nutrition. That's kind of the basis of natural health is the science of nutrition and exercise. And when you start to break down the natural world, you begin to understand that everything that we need to support our health is there in the natural world. And the Western medicine creates chemicals. That's what medicine is. It's made in a lab and it's you know, and it's chemicals that we put in our body, not to prevent, but to fa- to cure, or to put a band-aid on to deal with pain. And I don't know about anybody else, but I'd much rather prevent illness than cure illness, right?
0: I would argue that it's not chemicals that make medicine, it's capitalism.
1: Well, that was gonna be my next, was that, you know, when you go in, if you look at a naturopath and you look at the natural sciences, it's Mm -hmm. all nutrition and exercise and sunlight and color and lights and aromatherapy and chroma and all of those things. It's very hard to capitalize on those things. It's very hard to put them in a little capsule and then to charge people and keep people, you know, paying a certain amount of money, which is what big pharma is all about. Big pharma is about creating drugs that really band-aid everything and keep us into that spiral. And that's how they make money.
0: Dr. Lynn Anderson, speak to my mom right now. And I'll be, <laughs> I'm going to be very honest with you right now. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. So my mom has been, my mom's aging. My mom is 76. Hi, mom. I love you. My mom, just to give you perspective, you know, she goes tobogany with me and the kids in the mountains, you know, you know, so she's an active woman. She's kept herself taking care of herself her whole life, but she's been a product of Western medicine and a product of Western mind control. And what I mean by that is that it's react and treat, react and treat. Mm-hmm. At what point does that generation, or maybe it doesn't ever recognize that proactive is more important than reactive?
1: Well, I I think there is that mindset that is happening in that generation, because remember, you know, I'm a baby boomer. And as a baby boomer, you know, uh, we were the generation that drove the fitness. You know, in the gym, you know, I mean, people didn't go to the gym, My parents' generation, they didn't really go to the gym, but we really drove that. So you have a lot of baby boomers, and a lot of those baby boomers, of course, are aging now. They're all senior citizens. Mm -hmm. This morning, before I came on with you, I taught a chair yoga class at the local hospital here at Sarasota Mm -hmm. Memorial Hospital. And so the people coming in are in their 70s and 80s, most of them. And these people are coming because... They wanna do something proactive to keep themselves moving. They realize that you have to keep moving. You have to take care of your health in order to live a quality of life and in order to be able to do things that you want to do through different stages of your life because you will have limitations at every stage. Every corner brings its own challenges every decade. But that's kind of where the mindset is. It's more and more people coming out and really showing people how just a simple chair yoga exercise class can help you with flexibility, can help you with your balance. Those are the things that are proactive.
0: I think society has done a wonderful job with educating the fitness aspect of it. And you know what? I think we both would sit here and pause and reflect upon who we lost yesterday. Suzanne Summers. You talk about fitness and you talk about, you know, you know, I'm, we're probably within the same demographic, you and I. So, so watching Suzanne Summers pass yesterday, I was like, oh my God, that's a, that's like Richard Simmons passing. Those are fitness icons to you and I, right? So, Mm -hmm. but what I want to focus on Lynn is we spend a lot of time talking about fitness. I don't know if that, if my mom's generation has spent enough time learning about proactive nutrition, reteaching ourselves how we eat. Because nutrition is, is as much a part of the food in our body as comparatively to the fitness we also uh, perform.
1: Right. Well, you know, medical doctors take one intro class in nutrition through their study. Now, let's put that in there for a minute. I mean, intro is pretty basic. Mm. You know, as a naturopath, we have to get deeper and deeper into the science of it all. So there is that generation thing where doctors are gods and whatever your doctor told you to do is what you did. And then there is that, there's that other stuff over there, you know, that sort of who stuff, you know, that, which is, you know, a naturopath. So, and I, I think that, is really difficult for a lot of people because there's so much misinformation out there. You know, we're told, for example, calcium, you need calcium for your bones. So take this calcium supplement. Now, there are two things about the supplement. One is calcium and needs magnesium in order to work effectively. And what's that's called is synergy everything in the world is connected and everything builds on everything. So we can't just extract one vitamin, a mineral and take it. And that's going to cure everything. That's why we come back to whole foods, to natural foods. Cause every time you eat a food, let's say a fruit or a vegetable, there's minerals in there, there's vitamins in there. There's protein in there, there's sugars in there. There's all the things that we need to support our health. A drug, there is not a drug in this world that supports health. Because what does the body need? Vitamins, minerals. It needs what we get from the natural world. So it's kind of bringing people back to understand that you need to take a look at nature again. Again, I'll come back. Nature provides everything. Everything you need is right there.
0: Dr. Lynn, we lost an iconic business figure, Steve Jobs, a number of years ago in Mm -hmm. his battle with cancer. And he chose a natural path, less a Western medicine path. He was criticized for that during his journey. At what point does somebody say enough with the natural path? I need to go and adopt Western medicine. What's your What's your opinion on the path that Steve took?
1: Well, I think most people, the word cancers are very scary. And the first thing that happens is either, you know, radiation or chemotherapy. You know, it's like, let's get in there and kill the cancer cells. But we have to understand when we kill cancer cells, we kill other cells. And the problem that I find is that if someone does choose to take that path, Unfortunately, the medical doctors aren't bringing someone like a naturopath in and saying, okay, I want you to work with me with this client. So while we're killing everything, can you come in and work with them on nutrition? Can you come in and work with them on movement? Because it's very important to move the body. Circulation is extremely important. So we fall down because we don't bring the two together. Now going the natural route, root, if you think about it, the cells rebuild themselves and they become strong through a healthy diet and through nutrition and exercise. The choice I think is up to the individual what they choose to do. I'll give you an example. I am a cancer survivor. And when I was, once I went through all the surgery, I was given the choice of Uh, radiation or not radiation. And I chose not to go radiation. I chose to monitor myself and not go and take radiation. Because if I had done the radiation, it would have done some damage to other parts of my body that had nothing to do with the cancer. So I didn't want to do that. But I also was coming into the cancer as someone who was eating a healthy diet, as someone who was using, who was in very good health, when I got cancer. So I came back to that. And that's what brought me back. I took the natural path. And I'm really glad I did it. But that was a choice I made. Mm-hmm. You have to make your own choices in life.
0: Let's move from one C word cancer to another C word that still for some bizarre reason, scares many Americans. Cannabis. What's oh, the role yeah. of cannabis in the world of naturopaths? and? So I'm a proponent of cannabis. I've, it's been part of my life for, frankly, as long as I can remember, rightly or wrongly. But I, what is your point of view on cannabis?
1: Well, the first thing I'll tell you is I'm an old hippie and I went to Woodstock. So we'll start with we'll start from that that position. We'll share right. the
0: stage there. Okay, so the stage <laughs> has been set. Fair enough. Yes,
1: stage has been set. I'm an herbalist. Now, as an herbalist, when I started out as an herbalist, that was considered really scary stuff. And we used to have to make little concoctions for people and be very quiet what we were Mm -hmm. doing, because the herbal, you know, there's a lot of herbs out there and herbs have a lot of different things. Cannabis is an, it is a plant. It is natural, and it has, as a plant, it has so many wonderful qualities to it. I mean, if we want to take the cannabis part out of it, we want to just look at the hemp, what a wonderful product it is. So the cannabis plant itself is a wonderful plant and has been used since the beginning of time. If we go way back in history, go back to the Egyptians, go back to the early Mayan cultures, go back to those cultures. What did they use for medicine? They used herbs. They used tinctures and tonics and concoctions that they made from the earth. And cannabis was a part of all of that. So it's a natural plant. The problem with cannabis, here's my take on the problem with legalizing cannabis is, you know, big pharma hasn't really, hasn't figured out how to regulate it Because they can't, because first off, wherever you grow cannabis, wherever you grow any herb, it is going to be slightly different because of the soil, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have different soil and and the air and stuff, it's different. Mm -hmm. But they haven't figured out a way to be able to really control it so that you and I are now hooked into big pharma. If they could do that, cannabis would be legal everywhere.
0: It's an interesting point of view, Dr. Lynn, because I'm here in Canada, as you know, it's been legalized here in this country federally now for uh, over five years now my my financial investments in the industry haven't shown that largely because of of a variety of problems the government's involvement the its the inability to give you know the companies in this industry the chance to market themselves and, and actually frankly make any money and it's done nothing to assuage the illicit market it's still easier to go to the guy over there and get your product right? So it has been a disaster, frankly, from a business perspective in this country, this whole industry. It's incredibly, it's been very amazing to me. And and I would say, I have been naive to how political it is in your country.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I tell people, if we would legalize cannabis, and the government would tax it the way, you know, I think they should tax it, you know, Mm -hmm. tax it, we get rid of the deficit in this country because everybody is doing it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it. it I'm, when I say everybody, there's a huge yes. amount of people. There's a lot of people in my generation because they found that cannabis is really good for pa- managing pain for people who have eating dis problems. You know, there's a lot of wonderful ways to be able to use this plant.
0: But unfortunately, there's still that stigma. There's still the Cheech and Chong stigma, right? So, you know, when I speak of cannabis, it's like, oh yeah, there's Cheech and Chong over there, but no, but that's not what it is, right? So when I speak with my mother about it, that's when my mom, because my mom's had trouble sleeping. I'm like, well, mom, how about some, how about a CBD drink or how about a, you know, a little bit of THC CBD drink or how about, how about an edible or how about some tea? How about a cream? No, because A, my doctor didn't tell me to do it. There's the doctor brainwash. And then B, well, no, it's like Cheech and Chong. It's It's weed, it's marijuana.
1: You know, right. that's what's
0: really unfortunate to me.
1: Yeah, and rather, uh, people will go and take a sleeping yes. pill. A sleeping oh. pill is chemical. It's chemical. Yes. Whenever you put chemicals in your body, you poison your body. And then the body's got to work really hard to get rid of that chemical and get itself back into its homeostasis, back into its balance. You know, it's like, you know, you've thrown me off balance. Now, how am I going to get back here? Cannabis is a plant. If you break a plant down, Go into herbs. We'll talk about herbs now. You break herbs down, and cannabis is one. Inside every herb is hormones, proteins, fats. There's, you know, the carbohydrates, minerals, vitamins. That's what make p- makes plants, right? They're made up of the same thing we're made up of. So why wouldn't you want to use something that supports your health as opposed to? brings poison in and maybe it makes a quick fix but then you got to, then you're off balance. So that's really the essence behind using herbs and mm-hmm. using, you know, a nutrition, but specifically herbs and aromatherapy, it's all about using things in the natural world that complement us.
0: More and more athletes are interested, curious adopting cannabis CBD type products. Uh, as a naturopath, it must excite you to see this new generation of athletes uh, using science using natural products to better themselves instead of the old school athletes you and i grew up with i will say so you know you must watch from afar at this generation growing up because it's science-based it's food it's nutrition it's wellness it's yoga it's all the things that you preach speak to the athletes that are watching this right now from your perspective of, of yeah, just what's your point of view on all that right now because that's a generational thing dr lynn
1: right well my point of view is uh, first it's a yay you know yeah. good for you guys you know when i first started teaching yoga we had to be really quiet about almost couldn't say we were doing a yoga class and you couldn't bring up anything that had to do with the soul because it was religion and it and yoga is not religion yoga has some wonderful benefits and especially for athletes a lot of athletes are doing yoga as well as using natural products because they realize that this is what the body needs the body needs to be able to stretch it needs balance it needs movement it needs to be able to take things in again because it all goes right back back to what supports the health of your body. There is nothing except nutrition and movement and sleep. We call it the three pillars of health, diet, exercise, and sleep. Those are the three things that we need to take care of.
0: Yet it is so difficult for most human beings to execute on those three principles. Why is that?
1: you know why because we have a mental mindset especially as human beings you know we're all hardwired for pleasure pleasure is a good thing you know Hmm. and we are hardwired as humans and i tell people you know if without pleasure there would not be any innovation in the world right because that's the drive that drives us to innovate and to create but we're also as human beings we love that quick fix I can't tell you the people that would come to me and they wanted me to pull a magic wand out of my pocket, tap them on the head and say, no, you're okay. Here's the magic bullet. And when I would say to them, there's no magic bullet. If you want to get to this place, it's going to take you a minimum of 120 days. And we're going to work for 120 days. It's like, "Ah, oh, 120 days. I can't do that. And that's really the mindset. We have this mindset of instantaneous, hit instantaneous pleasure and i think social media and and where we're at in technology drives that even farther
0: yoga has changed my life doing the pigeons changed my life yeah happy baby has changed my children's lives dad (laughs) no we don't need you doing happy baby right now it's just it has that that stigma again of yoga oh you're doing yoga right which is it's unfortunate because and, and, and perhaps less so today than it than it did years ago, back when you and I are growing up. But you know, it's nice that yoga has has become more of an adopted practice of of stretching in many ways, hasn't it?
1: Right. We, and, but you know, when we look at yoga, you know, mm-hmm. if you come to my yoga class, and you just bring your body and I work your body, it's an exercise class, not yoga, it's an exercise class my students, when they come, I remind them that you are here in body, mind, and soul. And I'm going to work all three because all three need to be worked. That's how you do a yoga class. And so you work through the body to understand the mind and to get to tap into that energy of the soul because it takes quietness to get there. So yoga is really, it's a way of life and incorporated into that is the way you eat. It's the way you think. It's the way you act. It's all of the things that you do in your life. Because yoga is not just a, a, something you do three times a week in an exercise room. It is a way of life. It's a philosophy and it's a science.
0: I've never looked at it that way before. <laughs> I, I've, you know, just to me, it's. I've done my yoga class. Mm-hmm. When you mention everything else that goes with it, you know, so not only do I, you know, so yoga, I do, I perform yoga basically daily. Very much twice, two days that are very, you know, 30, 60 minute classes, but for the most part, 10 to 20 minutes of yoga per day, plus I do my strength training, plus I do my endurance training, plus I take my, you know, my recovery. So that those are non-negotiable days for me. I guess I practice yoga more than I think. Nutrition's important to me. Sleeping's important to me. That to me is just the life of a business athlete
1: right but that also is the path of yoga because yoga teaches us that you're not just a body you're body mind and soul and the idea is to integrate those three that's what yoga yoke means yoga Mm yoke it means body mind and soul coming together now i'll give you an example this week we've been working on there are three mindsets that the human being has you have a positive mindset and you have a negative mindset you have a neutral mindset and the problem with the negative and the positive is they come and go and up and down and you do, did all over the place and they you know one minute you're up and one minute you're down and back and forth so through the class what i did is i worked with the students to get to working through the different poses that we did and we would go into different places and I would get them to quiet their mind and then i would tell them this is neutral mind And I wanted them to have that experience of neutral mind, of just being present. But if I sit and I talk to them and say, okay, we're gonna get to neutral mind, they're gonna be all over the place, right? But if I bring them in and I get them to sit quietly and we're in a pose and we're holding that and I've removed everything and I get them quiet, then I can have them, teach them the experience of neutral mind.
0: Neutral mind, Mm -hmm. being present very difficult thing for a lot of people is it is when you say neutral mind are you also speaking of being very present and being very aware of the moment
1: right it's about being present but neutral mind is devoid of judgment it means Mm -hmm. i'm not it's not positive it's not negative i'm able to step back and observe and that's really the path of yoga is to be able and this is why karma is it's working it's a lot of work chaos happens and chaos happens every day. You can't avoid Mm. chaos. That's life, you know, and it's like, there'll always be wars. There'll always be famine. There'll always be this chaos going around, but can you step back from it and observe it objectively without putting in judgment, being positive or negative? That's really hard to do. And it takes a lot of work. If you come to a yoga class and you can just pull back to that minute, maybe the next time someone says something to you that you take either positively or negatively, maybe you can learn to take that step back and objectively see it and then move forward.
0: It is a practice, isn't it? Because I think of it's my work. own self. And
1: it's work. It is work.
0: Yeah, it's, and, and I would say as a human being that it's taken me a long time to create my own awareness and my own moment to manage my own emotions. I would also say that, that happens with age.
1: Yes, that does happen with age. You know, the older you get, the more you realize that, you know, most of this stuff doesn't matter. And the real truth of the matter is when you depart this world, you're not taking any of the drama, any of the stress, any of the, pro- you're not taking any of that with you. So, you know, we get caught up in it. We thought, oh, we think it's, but it's not that important. What's important is that you're healthy and you're happy. And you're at peace. You got those three things. You are one prosperous person in this world.
0: And gratitude, right? It's you know, and, and I know that you, you know all those words you said wrap itself up in gratitude. But it, it's recognizing how grateful you are and what you have around you, because nothing really does matter when you get to that last stage in life, does it? And and yet, as we're trumbling our way through life, we seem to think that right now it's the most important thing, and it's just being able to step back and create awareness that. Either A, nobody really cares, B, only you care. But yeah. Dr. Lynn, let's shift our discussion to sexual health and longevity and aromatherapy. And how can natural sexual health practices support someone in their quest for peak performance?
1: Well, the first thing that we, you know, we don't even think think about sexual health when we think about health, right? We think about, Mm -hmm. okay, nutrition, I'm going to eat a healthy diet because I wanna have a good heart and lungs and all, you know, muscles and all that stuff. But your sexual part of you is the first off, the very first thing you are in this world, no matter what your orientation is, no matter where you go, the very first thing when you're in the womb, the doctor says it's a boy or it's a girl, right? It, mm-hmm. it, that's it. That's your, that. And from there, you carry your sexual self throughout the world, wherever your orientation goes, whatever, wherever it moves, it goes with you. And it is an essential part of who we are. And by developing and being able to, you know, manage that, it's very, it's possible to take that energy and move it into, you know, a wonderful source of energy. And so we think about sexuality and, you know, we get caught up in the sexual way. We look at it is, as, man and woman or whatever, you know, the sexual act, but we don't think about the energy itself, the sexual energy, the charisma, the energy we give off, how we draw people to us that that's all part of your sexual health.
0: I had a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago who started a company called booze vacation. Clifford Stevens. And you might think, well, booze vacation. It's like, well, yeah, we're going to go on vacation and drink a bunch of booze. Well, actually it was the opposite. He stood up amongst his peers as an aging male and said, you know what guys, maybe there's a better choice than just always going for drinks. Like we're always just going for drinks. We're not talking about somebody's blood work. We're always just, it's just been natural for the last 25 years to go to the buddy's place and have beers or go for beers and wings and not saying there's nothing wrong with that. But how about we just take a couple weeks off, or not saying you have to be sober. But then he said one thing to me that really stood out. He said, Keith, the light really went on for me. And was like, do I want to be like limp and, un, and and useless and unhealthy? Or do I want to have sex with my wife in my 50s? Mm-hmm. Right? And I was That's- like, yeah, is that not enough for a gentleman to think to themselves? Well, fuck, man, I want to go and have sex with my wife. I'm going to go stop drinking because I want my wife to want to have sex with me. Mm-hmm. Yet, most times it's like, now nah, I want to go have beers and go have wings with my buddies. That's mm-hmm. a difficult thing for many men right yet they're explicitly linked together this idea of nutrition and health to improve your sexual health
1: absolutely you know circulation let's just talk about circulation (laughs) that's movement right okay it's important that we support the hormones and we can go right back to what i what i've been saying about the natural world about plants and nutrition everything that you need to support your health is right there in nutrition It's in the natural world and your sexual health needs good nutrition just as much as your, you know, your other parts of your physical health. You know, an example would be a food would be avocados. I'll tell you a little little story about avocados. There's a thing called signature of doctrines. And what Hmm. signature of doctrines means is that something looks like what it's supposed to help you with. And avocados, if you look at them, they look like testicles. Okay. I love avocados, yes. Yeah. Okay, so in ancient times, avocados, they've always looked like testicles. Well, you know, women weren't allowed to go out and pick them off the trees. The men went and picked the avocados in ancient times because women weren't supposed to touch them. Okay. However, when we break down an avocado, it's really rich in vitamin E. Guess what your hormones need? vitamin E. So we go back to supporting your sexual health by good nutrition by movement. And of course, mental attitude as well. You know, all three of those have to go together. Mm-hmm.
0: I read it. So I'm glad we're talking about this. And I was paying attention to you while at the same time, I was trying to find this article that I had recently read. It went viral on one of my social feeds because of the headline, and I want to bring it up and talk about it with you. because I think it's entertaining. Uh, especially for our audience. So eight myths, this is in the New York Times. So, you know, follow what you want, whether it's reputable, you know what, I I wake up these days and I'm just so questioning of media. (laughs) I question whether it's Western media, Eastern media, North media, South media, whatever media, I just question all of it, but this was an entertaining article. So I want to share with you We have some fun with it. And and, and it's titled eight sex myths that experts wish would go away. Mm -hmm. First one, the first myth, Dr. Lynn Anderson everyone else is having more sex than you.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a myth. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that's exactly what the article talks about as well, which is no, nope, that's not actually true. But um, you
1: know, with that one, we, we think about quality or quantity, which would you take?
0: What's the soundbite here? Laugh, lol. <laughs> you know what, listen, I certainly love great quality, intimate moments with my wife. I'm really into my wife, So quantity is also okay for me as well. So, but there's something about a connection. When you have a connection with somebody, then yeah, I guess obviously the quantity is great. But I find it funny because I think we always think that somebody over there is doing it 10 times more than we are.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and if you really, you know, pull the curtain back, you get the reality. I mean, we all live, we're all stressed. We all have, you know, you have children, you have work, you have this, you have that, you know, and carving out that time becomes more difficult, the more responsibilities you take on in life. And yet, isn't that a wonderful thing to have between a man and a woman? Because in yoga, we consider that the closest two souls get together when they are making love, not sex, but when they're making love, that is the closest two souls come together. Well, then I think
0: very profound, sorry to cut you off. I think then what you're saying relates to even myth number two, Dr. Lin, myth number two, sex means penetration. Now for the guys listening right now, they're going, well, yeah, Keith sure does. Oh yeah. It's of course it's penetration. Dr. Lin.
1: Sex is, you know, sex is, you know, your husband coming and doing a little pat on the butt when you're walking through the kitchen, that's sex, you know, sex is not just the act and if you it is not simply the act if it was simply the act you know what no one would do it because you've got to have some kind of foreplay right mm-hmm. you've got to have some kind of that energy has got to be there and so yes i say that you know no that's not all there is to sex
0: here's the next one. yes here's <laughs> the next one. myth number three and i'm going to start with the quote from the doctor doctor Her- herbenic This one made me laugh, and then I'll get to the title. As I often tell my students, Dr. Lynn, vaginas are not rainforests, noting her research has found time that most American women have used a lubricant at some point. The headline is myth number three, vaginas shouldn't need lubricant.
1: Totally untrue totally untrue. You know, especially as women get older or even after they have children because your hormones change. And part of the lubrication has to do with um, estrogen and it has to do with hormones. So, and your hormones are changing throughout the month. You know, it's not like, you know, here I am and everything's here and, I'm, and I don't change. Every, you know, women have cycles and so it all changes. So there are certain times when women are more receptive And that receptivity could, you know, provide more lubrication. And then there are other things, times when it doesn't. So yeah, no, it's not always just that easy.
0: Myth number four, it is normal for sex to hurt. Now, This one was really unfortunate for me to read as a man, to be honest with you, because if there is that perception that it should hurt, then something's kind of messed up. So, the article talks about though lubricant can help, some women experience more pleasure during sex. It is important to remember that sex should not hurt. An estimated Dr. Lynn 75% of women experience painful sex at some point in their lives, which can may root cause gynecologic problems, hormonal changes, cancer treatment, trauma, the list goes on. So, this idea that it should not
1: hurt. Well, then, and again, you come in with all kinds of things here. You know, I birthed two children, you know, natural. Birth to children. And after you have a child, it can be a little uncomfortable for a woman. It can mm-hmm. hurt a little bit. It can take mm-hmm. time. You're healing. There can be an infection. There can be any kinds of things that happen that make, you know, so that we have some kind of a, you know, there's a pain in the sex. But sex shouldn't hurt all the time. If it hurt all the time, no one would do it. I mean, mm-hmm. what woman would want to be hurt? Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. So it, it, yeah, it is, you know, it, life is not supposed to be. painful. Painful. There is pain in life, but you know, life is not supposed to be painful and anything that's supposed to be beautiful and pleasurable, which is what sex is about. Sex is not about violence and it's not about hurting and it's not about raping. Those things are very painful. Those things, that's not what sex is about. Sex is about something beautiful.
0: Myth number five. Again, I'll get to the paragraph before the title. Desire discrepancy is the number one problem I deal with in my practice, says Dr. Kerner. and by no means is the higher desire partner always male. Myth number five, men want, myth number five, men want more sex than women do.
1: I would say that's not true. Women do have a very high sex drive the problem with women is we are more driven by our hormones than men you know testosterone is er, you know where with women right it's all full out but with women we go through these different stages and things and especially once we become mothers because there's a lot of being pulled in a lot of different directions and at the end of the day if a woman is tired and she's been drained that 's going to be the last thing on her mind, but that doesn 't mean she doesn 't want it and doesn 't mean she doesn 't have a strong sex drive and Yes, women can have as strong, if not stronger, a sex drive than a man and there There have been marriages that haven 't worked out of relationships because the man wasn 't as sexually you know charged as the woman
0: myth number six out of our list of the eight sex myths that experts wish would go away. You hear live in the lab with Keith Billis and and Dr. Lynn Anderson. We're going into this uh, article. Number six, which is, you kind of alluded to this, myth number six, desire should happen instantly.
1: There's no way desire happens instantly. It doesn't happen in life, right? I mean, you don't just get up and wow. I mean, you know desire is a building process and desire for sexual desire part of the whole sexual thing is the play is very important to be able to get attention because let's say you're out here trying to you know kill that animal and drag it home and she's home you know trying to get the crops together you know and you come back in you know, there's got to be that time of building intimacy. That's what we call. And if we really want to have the ultimate in sex and sex, intimacy is involved with it.
0: Number seven. This one is, again, it's unfortunate that people feel this way. I'm going to rant on this one for a second. So it's bizarre to me that human beings have two people in mind that they'll drop everything for. Oh, I got a meeting with my lawyer. So I, I can't be interrupted. I, I can't take a phone call. I can't take a text. I got to meet with my lawyer. It's like we as human beings have put lawyers and doctors on pedestals and we cannot be nothing. The world can't move for us for that meeting with our lawyer. Somewhere along the way, we've got lost. Where did our partner land up in that conversation? Hey, honey, can we have a date here? No, I'm too busy. Planned sex is boring. Myth number seven you got to plan your time with your wife. You got to plan your time with your man. You got to put it in the calendar, just like you're meeting with your lawyer. You got to put your phone down. You got to put it, you got to pretend the meeting with your wife or your husband or your partner is a thousand dollar an hour meeting, a million dollars. If you're going to get a divorce, it could be a 20 or $30 million hour meeting. So, <laughs> so spend the time with your partner. Yet people just, well, I don't want to have a plan with my wife to go have sex with her, or I don't have a plan to go with my husband have sex with them. Bizarre. Do you do not think?
1: Well, first up, the, the spontaneous sex is great. It's great. But sure. we don't live in a world like that. And, you know, we can get into the foreplay that way. Let's say that my husband and I make a, a, a date for a couple days from now, two days from now, because we both know we can schedule that time. Yes. And maybe we ske- we work on different things and we kind of have some time with each other and maybe we go out to dinner and maybe we flirt with each other and That's- maybe we kind of lead up to that. And isn't that a wonderful way to bring it in and then to encapsulate that moment, which says, which signifies that my husband and I are the most important people in the world to each other. We are taking that time to be with each other and to enjoy each other and to do the most beautiful thing that two human beings can do together. Make love. Make love. Yeah.
0: That is a term not typically used in today's world. Right. Yeah. It's interesting though, isn't it? Right. So you you look at like that's very much a generational term.
1: Yep. Showing my age. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, and I'm I'm not judging it at all. It's because it's interesting to me because that term has that terminology has lost its way. Maybe if more people were making love, there'd be less hate.
1: Exactly. There's a big difference between the sexual act and making love, taking time. It's called intimacy. And it's called really caring about that person and spending the time with that person and understanding that person and wanting to give and receive. That's what sex is. It's a giving and a receiving. And so, yeah, it's about taking that time and appreciating the beauty of what it is, which is unfortunate because we live in a world full of pornography and all of this kind of stuff out here. And we forget the beauty of what it is because when two people come together, the basis is procreation, right? right. And when you come together, if you create another human being, what could be more miraculous than that?
0: So we've done seven of them. We have one last one. And for the audience listening, this is going to be the one that's going to hit them the most. Myth number eight, Dr. Lynn Anderson. You probably can see where I'm going to go with this one. All right, to all you men listening to me, your penis does not stack up to the other guy.
1: Oh my goodness. Well, (laughs) let's do it this way to all women's breasts are they all the same are all vaginas the same no are all penises the same no everybody you know we're unique we're all unique it's not the size that counts it's what you do with it
0: that that itself is is also a generational more than likely a, a thought process it's a pro- thought process probably driven a lot through pornography over generations right i i still I wonder how real that is today, Dr. Lynn Anderson. Like I was in 2023 and 2024. P- perhaps I'm naive that it's still very real in the locker room and men are very worried about that. But I would hope that we've created enough awareness over the years and enough people like yourself educating men that it's actually like, come on, guys, put that out the window. Am I wrong, do you think? Or is that still a thing for many men?
1: I th- I think that younger men specifically, I think it's more in younger men. I think when men read a- reach a certain age and i know from experience and from working you know it's all about being able to get an erection you know there's a point where a male crosses cross mm-hmm. is over and that's why viagra sales went through the roof because you know that there and that is a reality men go through their they go through their change of life just like women do you know we think of women going through menopause but there's maleopause that men go through so i think with the younger generation because young males and i'll go out on a limb here you you know they're young bucks right they're out there and and you know it's all about testosterone and it's all about who's got the biggest muscles and who's got the most power and they look and think that you know if they've got a big penis they've got power and that's not necessarily true
0: I don't know how I can say anything after that last statement. so <laughs> no, I'm just going to shut up. Dr. Lynn Anderson, thank you for talking about the eight myths, that, the eight sex myths that experts wish would go away. Uh, Dr. Lynn, we've been chatting for almost 55 minutes, and I want to be respectful of your time. I have thoroughly enjoyed having you in the lab as a guest. Are there any topics... Is there anything you'd like to plug to the audience, put on the table so that we can capture it, we can share it, we can make sure the audience knows what Dr. Lin can help them with and how they can get value out of you? Is there any questions that I have not asked you that you want to perhaps comment on or offer up to our audience?
1: Well, the first thing I would say is, if anybody wants to know anything about me, just go to drlyn.com. It's d-o-c-t-o-r l-y-n.com, and that's where consultations and books and classes and all of that stuff can be there. But the thing that I I hope would like to leave your audience with is, remember that your health is your wealth, and when you lose it, nothing else matters. And you mentioned Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs had all the power and all the money, you know, but but when it came to his health. There's nothing he could do at the end. He lost his health. When you lose your health, nothing matters. So the most important thing in your life should be your health. Taking care of your health, body, mind, and soul. All three.
0: Body, mind, and soul with Dr. Lynn Anderson. You can find her, drlynn.com, D-O-C-T-O-R. Lynn.com. You can connect her through my LinkedIn, find her on LinkedIn as well. But if you're interested in any of the things she talked about, I really encourage you to reach out. Dr. Lynn, this has been a great chat. I hope you've enjoyed yourself as much as I have.
1: I've enjoyed myself immensely. It's been wonderful. And I love to come back and see you again someday.
0: I would love to have you back. You might have found the, the official doctor in the lab. Well, we can bring her back for commentary. When I see interesting articles like the eight sex myths that experts wish would go away, we can invite Dr. Lynn into the lab and we can uh, we continue the great conversation. I'm going to walk you out of the room. If you just stick around in the holding room for a second while I say goodbye to the audience, and I'll come back to you in just a second. So I'm going to do this here. I'm going to do this here, and I'm going to do this here, and come to you guys here, and I'm going to do this going to play us out the same way I brought us in a little bit of sooth tunes to make you aware in the moment. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed today's show as much as I did. That was awesome. I feel like we're kind of hitting a stride here in the lab. I think to those of you that are watching would agree with me because we've, we've had great guests on the show. I seem to be finding my flow somewhere along the way here. And uh, the dialogue has been spectacular. I'm telling you that because I want you to subscribe. My kids are always like, dad, you got to tell them to subscribe, got to subscribe to the show, comment. If you got comments, if you got feedback, you want to leave, please leave it in the section below. All that helps us keep bringing good quality content. Cause that is our ambition. We've got big ambitions here in the lab to keep bringing great guests in like Dr. Lynn Anderson. Join us tomorrow live in the lab, noon central time, minus five GMT. You can find us on YouTube. You find content, flip it into X and LinkedIn and, all the other social platforms, but come subscribe on YouTube. Come find us there. And again, if you need some naturopath holistic help, come go talk to Dr. Lynn Anderson, drlynn.com. I know she can help you out. For today, I'm out of here. I'm Keith Billis. I'm live in the lab.
1: I'm live. I'm live in the business athlete performance lab.